Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery, where we will continuously bring you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed in any manner whatsoever as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies mentioned. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. All righty, just wrapped up Blocks Investor Day, formerly known as Square. Uh, we've been part of this story for many years now, and it's pretty magical uh, what took place over the last five years. And and just listening to the story today and all the progress that's been made, both financially and product-wise, the ecosystem expansion, I think, again, uh, the only word to use is, is somewhat magical. It's anytime there's an Investor Day, we step back and we ask ourselves, we go through like a, a certain framework which is what is our original thesis here? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be an investment uh, that you already have. It could be a new idea, kind of what's your generalized thesis. And throughout the entire presentation, I think you want to have that as kind of the guidepost in terms of what they're saying versus uh, almost what you're expecting, not only today, but again, if you're a long-term investor, I think you have to think about where this company is headed. In most cases, there's something new that is presented whether it's from a economic financial perspective or from a product announcement perspective. And uh, again, highlighting some of that. So today, what I wanted to do quickly over kind of a seven-minute window is highlight what is the company trying to convey. I think that's ultimately what you're trying to do as well is understand what they're trying to convey and, and, and does that make sense? Number two, what are the big announcements that you think um, help drive the future of this business uh, and, and how meaningful are they? Um, and then three, just going through all the different uh, announcements that may be uh, not new, but but uh, encouraging in terms of direction of the business. Uh, so I think the very first takeaway in terms of what Amrita, Jack, and the whole team there were trying to convey today was that there are multiple very distinct ecosystems that work somewhat independently, but that these ecosystems are starting to converge. So I think you have the Cash App ecosystem, you have the Square Seller ecosystem, you have now the Afterpay ecosystem with 20 million customers and 120,000 plus merchants, global in nature. You have the potential creator ecosystem. And I say potential because, again, this is an emerging opportunity that they're trying to capture and providing the tools for creators, specifically in the music industry. And then you have the kind of Bitcoin ecosystem where they're trying to uh, build out a layer of infrastructure from kind of the hardware to mining to becoming a platform for software and developers, and then kind of connecting that to their other ecosystems. So that's kind of where, where I think uh, directionally or mentally they want us all to be is here's a lot of ecosystems that are converging. I think if you go back five years ago, when we were looking at this story originally, or even before that, um, we probably would have assigned a lower than 50% probability that these ecosystems could truly converge. You know, it's hard to to kind of um, converge different product lines that are distinct and different and 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 branded differently. And today, I'd I'd say that it's it's becoming a reality um, where you're already seeing seller Square Seller kind of the point of sale uh, payroll and and some of the other um, product offerings that are inside of Square Seller uh, combining and and uh, uh, overlapping with uh, Cash App, where you have loyalty and rewards already connected. You have uh, payroll from Square Payroll and other payroll providers 
instantly depositing into uh, Cash App. Um, and you have the Afterpay, which is the commerce engine, which is kind of one of the things that's been lacking uh, throughout the years, which is how can you uh, provide commerce kind of capabilities inside of Cash App uh, and then also provide kind of different checkout um, capabilities in terms of like buy now, pay later inside of Square Seller. So I think the, the number one takeaway that they wanted us to walk away was uh, with was uh, essentially that there's these ecosystems of ecosystems. Number two, it's the, the discipline that they have. And I think they're bringing that up, obviously, because they have these emerging areas, such as creators, specifically in the music space, um, and then the Bitcoin side around understanding that they've built out Cash App very prudently, balancing both very high growth, uh, but also doing so in a profitable manner. And then also Square Seller, which is their most mature products, uh, where that has grown wonderfully, obviously, over the last decade. But also they've done that in a very prudent way where there's actual metrics that they use uh, to really drive their investment dollars. As investors, I think that's ultimately what you always want. So again, the key takeaways that I think they wanted us to have were that these ecosystems of ecosystems continue to develop and, and converge. And then two, that they build out these ecosystems in a very uh, prudent manner. I think discipline was mentioned many times uh, throughout the entire piece. Now, second part of it in, in terms of an investor day is what were the big takeaways? I think the two biggest takeaways have to do specifically with uh, Cash App. The number one takeaway or number one big announcement that I thought was uh, awesome was the Cash App buy button basically being put into apps like Sheen, Dick's Sporting Goods, ASOS. Uh, they rattled off like 10 different uh, large, very large merchants that are now going to have a Cash App buy button inside of their application. Uh, what that ultimately means is potentially more uh, purchasing uh, volume uh, using Cash App. Again, connecting the Cash App ecosystem to the merchant ecosystem. Remi uh, kind of what's important here is most of those uh, merchants are originally probably partnerships and relationships with Afterpay. And that's the important part of kind of this cross uh, convergence that's happening between the ecosystems where uh, it, it doesn't even have to be necessarily that the two uh, the applications are working in tandem, which again, they've they outlined how those two will come together. But it's more about the relationships where Afterpay has a massive merchant base of, of merchants that have uh, gross merchandise volume well above kind of tens of millions of dollars. In some cases, I think they mentioned hundreds of millions of dollars. And again, Dick's Sporting Goods and and uh, Sheen. Sheen is like one of the number one apps right now um, in shopping and uh, in the App Store. Uh, so getting that relationship uh, is hard to do and important to have once you, you're there. Uh, so Cash App is now a buy button. So think of the PayPal checkout button. Think of the uh, Visa, MasterCard, uh, Apple Pay. Cash App now has a buy button. Uh, important because there's 40 plus million users using uh, Cash App actively on a monthly basis, 80 million on an annual basis they, they highlighted. So that is a pretty important announcement. Second main uh, takeaway goes back to Cash App. Again, this is arguably the most exciting thing inside of uh, Block today, uh, even though Ed, there's a lot of exciting things, in my opinion, is the Cash App design changes. So once again, they highlighted a series of design changes, uh, highlighting the tab. So if you did watch the Investor Day, there was a section where they were they were showing the, the tabs at the bottom on Cash App and how there was maybe five different sections, call it a send money, spend money, um, invest. The important uh, part there is they basically said that they're, they're running out of real estate space to add new products. 
So there's two ways to look at this. Obviously, is they're very thoughtful about design, clearly. Uh, that's one of the, arguably one of the best things they do. But two, I think what it ultimately signals is that the product uh, 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 announcements on a go-forward basis are going to be pretty extensive. I think the product roadmap has to be extensive if you're thinking about how do we design an application that has flexibility in terms of the, uh, the amount of products that we can launch where things can be found easily. I, I, in, in like a perfect world, I think from a high level and you're thinking like pie in the sky is, can this become the super app? I think they have the, the highest chance of becoming uh, maybe what we all think of the super app specifically in the US. Um, it may not mimic and, and resonate to the same extent as some of the super apps you see in, in Asia, but a super app in the, in the form of whoever's on the app and, and kind of all the capabilities. But at one point, Amrita highlighted or used or talked about insurance. She really just said it in a very brief statement um, but there was definitely a different tone that was struck. And again, it's one of those things where you think about optionality, what can be embedded inside of a financial app. Uh, they also showed some of the design changes. They showed uh, a discovery page where uh, there's commerce activity going on in there. And they talked about how Afterpay could merge with or their commerce engine in terms of uh, all the merchants that sell inside of uh, Afterpay, uh, using that and, and kind of transferring that same uh, kind of commerce engine into Cash App. In addition to the um, the uh, images that they showed would show kind of financial budgeting. So all, ultimately, the big takeaway there is that the, the design changes that were communicated, I think, signal that they have a much larger vision within Cash App itself for both Cash App consumer users, but also Cash App business users. So I think that's super important. Now, the the rest of the presentation, and, and again, it's five and a half hours, so there's so much to talk about, but we're just trying to hit some of the key takeaways, is the market opportunities. So if you go back uh, uh, four or five years ago when they first had their, their, their prior investor day, the size of the overall opportunity for the company was in like the 50, 60 billion range. And this was using a total addressable market, uh, which is uh, their opportunity set based on products they, they don't even have yet. Today, what they call the serviceable addressable market, which is the products they have today that could fulfill the opportunity sets that are potentially in front of them, um, equates to roughly around 200 plus million or billion dollars in gross profit dollars coming both from Square and Cash App. Now, I'll just quickly line up some of the, the key takeaways from both those segments is uh, Square's uh, uh, opportunity set, they lined up to $120 billion in gross profit dollars. They capture around like 2% of, of, of that market share today. So still pretty uh, low penetrated uh, from a, an opportunity to uh, gross profit dollar standpoint and still growing fast, obviously. Uh, but again, leaning on four different key areas, which is omni-channel capabilities. I think if you go back um, several years ago, I think one of our big questions was, can they truly become an omni-channel platform or is this really a, a brick and mortar solution uh, where they acquired Weebly? Um, for uh, website development and things like that. That's now called Square Online. And can they really make traction in both the online and offline world? And I think uh, when you start to look at some of the numbers they threw out there, you're seeing real traction. I think COVID and the pandemic helped accelerate some of the usage of their online tools. So there's real traction there. So I think, again, when we asked ourselves, can they get there several years back? I think the answer is definitively yes, specifically now with the Afterpay acquisition, which again allows some of the merchants to sell online and, and uh, use kind of all these different tools that are now have been built over the last couple of years. Uh, upmarket opportunities. Um, so moving upmarket, I think one cool announcement was the, well, it's not an announcement, it's already known, but SoFi Stadium in terms of 
just really thinking deeply about what that signals. You know, SoFi is a fintech and it's SoFi Stadium and Square Seller is essentially powering that whole commerce experience at the stadium. Uh, I think that says a lot about where they are in terms of capabilities and trust from big uh, a business. Um, so it does prove that they can th- continue to go up market. On their last earnings report, they did highlight some key metrics that, highlight, that continue to show the progression of moving up market. So a lot of uh, big wins there. Financial services for sellers. So again, they got their bank charter a year ago or two years ago, um, and they've progressively been trying to uh, accelerate the tools around banking, uh, square loans. Uh, obviously, Afterpay is a buy now, pay later solution. They gave us the economics around how that works. Pretty interesting model. Um, and then lastly, for Square Seller is uh, global expansion. So this is another question we always had was, can they truly go international? You know, there's there's typically uh, local or regional winners in, in any category uh, of any industry. And it's, it's pretty hard to go international. Um, yet what we're seeing now, specifically with the Afterpay acquisition is, Afterpay has a really strong uh, base of international usage, both on the consumer and merchant side. And that ultimately is kind of the gateway towards more international. They've launched, I think, six new countries over the last um, uh, 12 months and three over the last kind of uh, several months. And I think that's an important distinction um, and ability to continue to move international. If you look at their international growth on their earnings reports, uh, that's growing much faster than the core business. So again, emphasizing the international expansion, they do have this ambition again of, and, and I'll shift over to Cash App, of going global and having this kind of payment network that they're building out uh, specifically for Cash App. Cash App's market opportunity they allowed is, laid out is $70 billion in gross profit. You know, one key stat that they did highlight here was 71% of the users or inflows into this into Cash App are from Gen Z and millennials. So if you're tr- truly trying to think about um, the, the, the future, uh, where future consumption is coming from, um, it's really from this uh, cohort of, of, or this age group. And they have a meaningful share there. They highlighted a chart where they re- uh, originally started, which was southeast of the southeast of uh, the United States. And they showed the chart of how they've expanded uh, essentially nationally. Again, this is 80 million annuals. Uh, and then you have uh, 40, 50 million uh, monthly active users, 10 million plus using the actual physical cash card, which is a debit uh, card that uh, can be used in uh, physical stores. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Now, they did uh, assign uh, different uh, growth initiatives, one around commerce. So we know that they're going to uh, continue to design and create the Cash App solution uh, with a commerce focus. Uh, so that's where Afterpay again comes in, 120,000 plus uh, merchants. You have square seller merchants as well. There'll, there's some overlap there. Uh, and they'll be able to add some of those capabilities inside of Cash App. Modern credit solutions. So again, they have their own loans and and borrowing capabilities and being pretty prudent in terms of how they underwrite and kind of going slow and steady. But then Afterpay obviously is the buy now, pay later. It's the number one, two or three uh, leader in terms of buy now, pay later in the world um, behind some others, uh, Klarna being the kind of the the, the big one. Um, and just continuing to think about how can they modernize uh, credit solutions. Uh, Bitcoin adoption inside of uh, Cash App. You know, there's so many things to talk about there in terms of not necessarily uh, what you believe around Bitcoin, but more so what does it mean to the Cash App ecosystem? So 10 million users within Cash App have already used uh, Bitcoin since launch. Now, ultimately, the important part of this uh, product offering inside of uh, Cash App is that it drives engagement and it drives inflows. So they gave us the 
mechanics or algorithm for how Cash App grows. It's more monthly active users. That's obviously known. That's something we track. Number two, it's uh, inflows per user um, and continuing to build out product solutions that drive inflows, whether it's instant deposits from uh, your your uh, uh, your uh, checks each month, whether it's um, uh, uh, Cash App business where you're actually receiving inflows uh, and different types of uh, mechanisms, whether it's stock trading, where you're driving inflows into Cash App. So as, as investors, you essentially want to think about what are the different mechanisms to drive inflows. And when they launch a new product, is that an inflow driver, an active user driver? So you have act, uh, new actives times uh, inflows times uh, the monetization rate in terms of the percentage. And that ultimately is what drives the gross profit dollars of that business. Um, it's pretty straightforward and it's kind of the algorithm you would think about uh, before. But again, it's how they think about driving the business, which I think is the most important thing is uh, understanding how they're thinking about it as opposed to how we're thinking about it. Um, the other two ecosystems, music creators, Bitcoin ecosystem, I'll be light there because they're, they're still early. So it's more of a wait and see. It's, it's kind of how it was when we originally were uh, invested in, in Square and Cash App was first developing. It was kind of like, okay, there's clearly this opportunity here. Can they execute? And let's, let's look at key uh, metrics to figure out, uh, are they executing? Uh, music creators, again, it's around creators and, and providing artist tools. Um, and thinking about music rights and, and what that ultimately means. Uh, and then Bitcoin, it's around self-custody. They have their hardware wallet that they're de developing. Remember uh, the team there that developed uh, the hardware at Square for Square Seller originally was part of the Apple uh, uh, kind of iPhone development as well in terms of the physical product. Beautiful products. Square's products have historically been beautiful. So we should assume that uh, the hardware solution here uh, will be uh, pretty compelling as well. Um, and... They're uh, also focused on identity management. Um, I think that's all, honestly where a lot of uh, kind of blockchain-related solutions where you can really create utility. I think for us, it's all about utility and it's all about uh, consumer experience. I think Square or Block as a, as a company really uh, hits really well in terms of uh, punches above their weight in terms of consumer experience, but they also punch above their weight in terms of developing utility. So I think they're well-positioned uh, to unlock something in that specific ecosystem that they're trying to build out. Um, and then Afterpay, they highlighted Afterpay. One unique aspect of Afterpay is uh, the merchant. So the, 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 the merchant that is on Afterpay is essentially paying for or is the revenue, right? So it's not necessarily the, the consumers that are uh, taking out these kind of uh, buy now, pay later offerings. And it's the merchant that's paying two, three, four percent um, to Afterpay. And that's how they monetize it. Because essentially what they are doing is driving lead generation to these uh, uh, merchants. And then the consumers are feeling more comfortable because they can break up a $100 transaction into four payments for free. Um, now they have clear risk management uh, protocols in place where if someone doesn't pay uh, for the first time, they're essentially cut off uh, or frozen uh, in the ecosystem for the time being. I think 95% of all customers uh, pay uh, uh, within the first uh, four weeks in terms of that that free period. Um, so there's a lot of uh, historical references because Afterpay has been around for a while in terms of how people uh, consume and spend. Um, so big picture, again, going back to the key takeaways here is just simply really around uh, the Cash App redesign. You know, I think it's really important that they provided the return on investment dollars for some of these ecosystems. So they emphasize, again, discipline around spending. Um, 
the cost to acquire customers. So Cash App is 6x ROI over three years. Square Seller has really strong uh, economics as well in terms of the payback period. Both of those companies are profitable on a fully uh, adjusted burden basis where they take all the respective costs to those two uh, ecosystems. So Square Seller, I think, is in the mid to high 30-something profit margin percentile, and Cash App is in the teens. Um, That's an important metric that they gave us, which highlights uh, their most mature ecosystem is highly profitable. Their second most mature and fastest growing ecosystem is profitable and growing. And then as they continue to build out these other ecosystems, that they're going to take the same approach. So that's really it. You know, I could keep going uh, on and on around this. There's a lot of uh, stuff to talk about. Um, but I think big picture, that should be the big takeaway is Square Seller continues to mature, get bigger, get with bigger sellers. Cash App continues to grow really fast. And uh, the app redesign signals that there's more in the pipeline in terms of product roadmap. Um, impressed with just the cadence of of what they're doing in, in all these ecosystems. The discipline in terms of profitability of those two ecosystems. Uh, they have $7 billion of, of, of um, liquidity availability in terms of uh, financial power as a business. And then there's interesting dynamics around Afterpay. Clearly, 20 million customers on the platform, 120,000 merchants, international in nature, a very strong platform and team that's still, again, it was, was part of the Investor Day. And then you have the two emerging ecosystems that there's not much to talk about there other than ideas and, and some of the traction they're getting. Um, but big picture, uh, that's more of a nice to have. And, and we'll watch those o- over time. And hopefully, as they have with their, all their other ecosystems, uh, successfully built those out into a meaningful way. So the cross-convergence of ecosystems, the big takeaway, the discipline around developing these ecosystems, the big takeaway. And that's really it. I mean, there's more to talk about. But uh, again, we'll leave it there. And, and, uh, and uh, next time they report or have an investor day, we'll, we'll get back. All right.